Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. I was going to clean my room until I got high. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. My room is still messed up. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, because I got high. Because I got high. 17 year old kid. I was going to go to class before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. I could have cheated and I could have passed, but I got high. Uh, I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man? All right, final hour of the rush. Yeah, in case you haven't heard, now you have. A&M has suspended three players. Apparently, three of those are true freshmen. And uh, the report, Teddy Lehman, is that uh, it's because they were caught smoking weed before Mm. the South Carolina game on Saturday inside the locker room. Mm, big yikes. Can you blame them, though? I mean, think about all the talking Jimbo Fisher does, you know? It's just to, like, be able to tune it out and, and do your own thing. I, I imagine pregame it's the same thing, just talking a million miles an hour about what's going so on. Hey, we're going to hit happening. him in the mouth. Hit him in the mouth. All right, we're going to run the ball. All right, let's make sure we throw it as well. <laughs> run, stop, run, stop the D. Hey, that's what we are here. Yeah. I, I would love to hear Jimbo on weed. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, Jimbo High uh, is a sound clip I need so bad. Yeah. As maybe the sound clip is just him not saying anything, which is maybe what we've got to uh, – that's what we got to figure out, how to get that done. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the recruiting is the situation that you're really looking at, you know, you got the freshman from last year's great class, you know. You, if you're a, if you're a parent of a kid that's committed right now and they're about to go there, you gotta. You, it's got to weigh on you a little bit, right? Well, as an OU is fan, this, you're sure is, hoping is, so with one particular player that's a five-star defensive lineman. Sure. I mean, here's the thing. I I don't think any parents out there are naive enough to think that. It's the only, like, College Station is the only place where football players are smoking weed, right? Um, let me tell you right now, that is not the case. But it just, it does weigh on you a little bit, right? And if there was ever a doubt in your mind about whether or not that's, you're committed, but is this the, really the right decision? Is this really where you want to go? This it just provides that out, right? It provides that opportunity to maybe say, ah, you know what, coach, maybe I need to rethink this and make sure this is uh, yeah. exactly what the, I want. The worst thing, the dumbest thing that Jimbo Fisher ever did was, uh, you know, do that press conference last summer where he came after Nick Saban because at that point he became a target. He became a target with NIL. I mean, everyone in the country was just laughing at him. Now I, I feel like A&M has become the biggest punchline to the joke in college football this year. They're not the worst team in college football, but they're the team that everyone's making fun of this season. Uh, with his comments, with the, the year that they're having, and now with this situation, this couldn't have come at a worse time for A&M because everyone was already making fun of them, and now their players apparently smoking some left-handed cigars in the locker room. Uh, everyone's going to pile on. You know how this thing works. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, Culture's yeah. in question now. How he handles his program as a head coach is in question now. It's it's probably not a lot of fun down there. Right. Which, you know, like I said, be careful what you wish for. You want it to go bad, but bad enough to where they feel like next year's the year. Right? Next, or next year is going to be whenever we finally have it. That's what you want. Because, you know, and I – there's probably something going on there that's kind of ingrained in the program and, uh, you know, for whatever it is, like this is this has been the result. It's not a Jimbo Fisher issue that's been like this for God, how long, Tyler? Just going back for a really, really we long time. We call them the fight in 83s because that's how long it's been since they've won a title. We might start calling them the fight in 420s after today, though. Might have a nickname change. Right. The last thing you want is – them, you know, to fire him or him to say, I've had enough, I'll negotiate with you guys on a buyout, you pay me $50 million, I'll walk right now, something like that. Like, like, that's not what you want because you never know. Number one, anytime there's a new head coach, like you, we know that they would, whoever the next guy is, they're going to pay him $10 million a year too, right? So they're going to get the hottest and – what whatever's available out there is who they're going to go Urban after and they'll Meyer. get another boost. Quit acting yeah. like it's not going to be Urban Meyer. You know, half that's joking, interesting. Half joking, half no, not it's, kidding at all. Like I could see A&M doing that. You know, it, it is interesting, but I'm starting to feel like Urban like, Urban Meyer, like he has totally lost the luster on. Like, I don't even know. Like, what do you think players? How player? How would players respond to him? High school kids now. Um, I don't think very. Won a well. title in fourteen. I, I mean, he he's and, got a great resume, but I, right. I I think what you are is kind of what you were in your last stop, and what he was in his last right. stop is arguably the worst head coach in NFL history. He didn't even make it through the first year. It was not good. The only good part about that season is whenever he kicked their uh, kicker. That was the best thing he did all yes, year. Yes, it was. And said, uh, hey, dip, quit missing kicks, <laughs> or make make a kick, or something. It was great. Can't say the oh, wow. word, obviously, but it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear you. Like, him, yes, it, like the most comical thing is for Jimbo to stay there for the long term. They always feel like they're close. They never get over the hump. But, man, I, I've seen this program my entire life. I don't care if it's Jimbo Fisher or Urban Meyer or Dan Lanning or whoever it is after Jimbo Fisher. A&M is A&M to me. I will never be scared of Texas A&M, of them turning into consistently a really, really good program. They're allowed, like everyone else, to have a one really good year. They had the COVID Orange Bowl back in 2020, but they didn't do anything with it, man. In a lot of ways, they are so similar to Texas that even if they have a minimal amount of success, they can't handle it, man. They, they, they can't handle it and turn it into consistent success. So I'll, I'm never going to be worried about Texas A&M being anything other than what they've been over the past 100 years. Right. Right. Well... Hmm. I don't know. I know there is, there sure is a recruit in that uh, committed class that they have right now that we would sure like to uh, rethink their uh, yeah. situation. Yes, yes, yes. 
What's the latest on that? Do you have any uh, scuttlebutt or I, nothing to report? You know, there seems to be this growing optimism that he might indeed make it to Norman for the Bedlam game. Now, that's kind of a ways off. What, what's the date on that game? It's like late November. Um, but there's a, there, the, the lines of communications are apparently they, they've been open. Um, maybe hmm. slowly but surely you kind of creep back. It could get interesting. I, I don't think anyone would pick him to flip to OU at this point. No one's going that far. I think the feel is like, oh, okay, well, the you know, they're you know, at least talking, and we'll see. I think there could be a chance that he makes it to Norman for the Bedlam game. I think that's kind of the feel now. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Is that the scuttlebutt you've heard? I, I've heard nothing. I have no scuttlebutt for you on that. So, wish I did. Wish I had something good to say. I wish I was saying that he uh, he is rethinking or whatever, but I don't know. Man, you talk about an exclamation point at the end of this recruiting cycle. There would be two if you were able to flip David Hicks to OU and have that massive win over A&M and you keep Colton Vossett committed, and you have that huge win getting a really good four-star player out of Austin. Those would be two major, very loud recruiting wins against your two biggest recruiting rivals. be a heck of a way to end things. Yep. And also, um, I know it's not – I guess you're up against Texas and uh, maybe Louisiana State as well, but if you could pull uh, to Celia Kana – as well, at the end, that would be a really nice addition. So. Uh, there's a lot of optimism that that's going to happen, which he just dropped his top ten yesterday, which was interesting. But uh, it feels like it's an OU and Texas battle there. But, yes, that would be another nice recruiting win for, for a top yeah. hunter player on the defensive line. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still shocked that and I don't know, maybe it's not a lot of people, but we had several texts that don't think there's a chance that Oklahoma can win four or five of their remaining five games. That wasn't the majority. That was the that was just a small section that, that think that. Yeah. I got a lot of four and ones actually, and some even five and O's. Um I guess what would be really? yeah, well, if if you're ranking how they can end the year what are the three strongest possibilities in order? Like from most likely to least likely. What would be the, the like three and two, two and three? What would that look like? Least likely is 0 oh and 5. Okay. Next least likely is 1 and 4. Okay. Next, next least likely is 2 and 3. All right. And then I think you just continue to work your way up. Right. The, well, well, you got next, five and zero, pretty the, high up the list. Then, if if that's what your list looks like, well, so yeah, far. yeah, yeah. I, I guess I meant that in reverse order. All right. So then, I would say next after that would probably be five and zero, and then at the top would be what five and zero, then four and one, and then three and two. Yeah, and I, I, I can get behind that for sure. The two most likely scenarios are four and one and three and two. At least that's how I feel. Yeah, 
and I think yeah. that half might say it's more likely that it's three and two. Maybe the other half might say it's more likely that it's four and one. But I do think I do absolutely believe that this game Saturday sets the table for what the end of the season is going to look like. Because if you win Saturday, it means I think you play well offensively and you do some nice things defensively. This can coming off a of bye week. I think springboards you and puts you in a situation where you have maybe more confidence this year than you've had at least since conference play started. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. We are a one-point favorite right now in Ames, Iowa for Saturday. Will we be a home favorite against Baylor? Yeah, I think they will be. Will we be a favorite on the road against West Virginia? If they're a favorite on the road against Iowa State, I think they will be at West Virginia, yes. Will they be a favorite on the road against Texas Tech to end the season? I, I know it's hard to Yeah, hard to it's, say it was totally dependent on how well Tech's going to play. I'm going to say Tech is like a one-point favorite in that game. Will we be a favorite at home against Oklahoma State? Uh, I'm going to say that one's a pick em. What if we – Beat Iowa State, Baylor, and West Virginia leading into that game. And I think you're a slight favorite against OSU. On a four-game winning streak. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe around two or two and a half, but I think you could be a slight favorite. Oh, which, by the way, uh, that reminds me of a tweet that I saw. Um, Mike sent a uh, a tweet out whenever the, the texter said that it, it's crazy to think that Oklahoma has a chance against Oklahoma State. What like said it's a bad take. What metric are you basing that on? And Mike sent some metrics for us. Uh, total defense for conference stats. Oklahoma State's defense is tenth. OU's is ninth. Total offense. Oklahoma State is fourth. OU is third. So total offense and total defense as of right now, uh, Oklahoma is performing better than Oklahoma State. So there's a metric for you. Yeah. Does to, it mean anything? Probably not, but it's at least something. To preview a game that is uh, off in the distance, yes. Those those metrics are, are accurate. Oh, the best part of OU's offense, well, actually, I think the run game might be the best part of their offense, but they are a big play-oriented offense with their passing game, and clearly OSU has given up a lot in the passing game so far this year. So at least for the OU offense, it's a – pretty gettable matchup for that side of the ball now I we can sit here all day and talk about the success that the OSU offense would have on the OU defense right now and I would totally hear that but I feel like your offense could have a pretty big day against that defense they have there yeah 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 I think so I think our offense can have a a pretty big day against all of our remaining opponents Except for maybe Iowa State. Iowa State's going to be the team that's going to make it the most difficult on you. Yeah. If you have a big day against Iowa State, like if we go out and score 40 points on Iowa State, I may I may, uh, may come on Monday and say we're going to win our remi- remaining four games. You won't be on on Monday, but that is uh, nice to hear. <laughs> I guess you'll have to say it on Tuesday. But that's pretty bold. It's pretty bold of you to say. I hope they score 40 points so you'll make that uh, – op- you'll have that opinion on Tuesday of next week. Well, what's Monday? What are you telling me? I think you're off on Monday for some golf tournament. I don't know. Ah, that's right. That's right. Start calling you part-time because you working like three days a week now. Oh, God, I wish, man. I wish I was part-time. 
Maybe. Maybe at some point. Maybe at some point. Of our remaining road games, which is the most difficult to win? Ask the text line. Um, maybe I'm like overvaluing Tech because it says, Tyler, why do you feel Tech has such a strong chance to beat us? I don't think Tech is some t- uh, top 20 team, but they're, they're getting healthy. Um, I think Shuck was back on Saturday, right? It just feels like they're playing some good ball. They're getting better as the season goes along with their new staff. And it seems like that's been a team that's been tough to get to the quarterback. And OU has clearly had their issues getting to the quarterback. Tech's just a team where it, it feels like they can throw up some yards in the air against you if you're not able yeah. to disrupt them at all in the backfield. Yeah. And, you know, even in their their losses, like they lost to NC State, which is a, a good football team. We all know that. They lost to Kansas State by nine. They lost to Oklahoma State by ten. They are, they're hanging around with everyone. Obviously, they beat Texas. Uh, they pounded West Virginia. Like, I don't know who's going to win against Tech or Baylor. Um, it's basically a coin flip game right now. Um, Tech is a two and a half point favorite since it's at home. But I, I know it's going to be a tight football game and they'll probably put up some points on offense. I and mean, it's just kind of what they've been so far. And I same thing it's TCU. They play at TCU. I I think TCU wins that football game, but I think Tech finds a way to fight and hang around. They'll probably uh, lose to TCU by ten or so, but it's going to be a football game. Yep. So there you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Extreme Outdoor Equipment today, I-44 exit 108 in Newcastle. They've consolidated. This is the only location now. They've got tons of CF motos out there, ATVs, utility vehicles, side-by-sides, in stock, ready to deliver. Six months, no payments. Six months, no interest. Two years of factory warranty on the Seaforce ATVs and other great deals here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. pretending that TCU could hold a candle right now to Alabama or to Georgia or to Tennessee. And yet I'm supposed to feel that way. I'm so well, you know, UCLA if they keep undefeated, the Pac-12 supposed to be there. Why the hell should they be? The Pac-12 is a joke of a conference compared to the SEC. You look at recruiting rankings, you look at the uh, the amount of success in the past, you look at uh, the the guys that are going to be coming off of, of rosters to play in the NFL. And I mean, I'm supposed to to think that a undefeated UCLA team could could go Blow for blow with Georgia? No, but what about Oregon? Oregon's already been blown out by Georgia. Well, we've seen that once right now. Well, there's a take for you. Peter Burns of the SEC Network saying, why should I acknowledge anyone in college football outside of the SEC? And he uses Alabama as an example. Um, I mean, Peter, your, your overall thought, the SEC is the best conference. I don't think anyone's trying to argue with that, but... Maybe slow down on Alabama. It's not like they've looked uh, great at every single point this year, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I guess it's just, I'm not saying that it's not true. It's just dumb. I don't, Oregon lost to Georgia 49-3 in the opener. I, and we've already seen that, he says. Like, does he really believe 
that I, in a coach's first year, in their first game, that you're supposed to be the finished product and that's as good as you're going to be the entire season, that's about as dumb of a statement as you can make. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But I, let's not I don't act know like how many times we've seen in the NFL uh, a team start off bad, have a have a really bad early game. Everyone questions them. Like, is it time to change your quarterback? Is it time to do this, that, whatever it is? And that team goes on to win the Super Bowl, right? Okay, so um, college football is different, and I understand that. But to expect Oregon to be a finished product in Week One against the defending national champion is ridiculous well i don't understand where the fight is like who's who's fighting against the sec right now and saying that Georgia's probably not the best team in college football this year one of the top two who's fighting against tennessee being a top five team right now i I don't i don't hear that argument so why do you feel like you have to raise the sec flag and say every conference sucks and there's no way that their top teams can compete with your top teams i think for the most part we all agree with that um, the conversation would be kind of top well, to bottom what that league I, looks like. Well, if that's the stance they want to take about Oregon and Georgia, and that's a sign of how far apart the two conferences are, well, then I would argue that the Big 12 and the SEC are step for step. Okay? Yeah. You had Texas, who is, I don't know, maybe the – at best, you could probably say the fourth best team in this conference. We said the sixth and best earlier. We're, we're, uh, this yeah. week's power poll, we put them at six. Right. We put them at six, but I think, you know, you could make the argument record-wise that they're higher than that. But the point is, like, they played Alabama tooth and nail. Should have beat them in Austin. Right there, the second game of the season. So if you go off that metric, then boy. Uh, our fourth t- best team is uh, right there, almost in line with your second best team. So we must be neck and neck. Big 12, SEC, neck and neck, according to that. Yeah, I, I honestly don't care who has the best. It, are, are we the only ones that don't care? Is that like an SEC? No. It, it's definitely an Nobody SEC cares. thing. But I, who cares if the SEC is the best conference? What, what does that matter? What does that get you? Is there an end-of-the-season conference tournaments, conferences against conferences that I don't know about? It doesn't matter. What's well, not the best conference? Like, how, do you, how do you judge what the best conference is? Is it the most competitive? No, it's not the most competitive. Big 12 is the most competitive. Now, you've got... Right, two or three of the top teams, but you also have a couple of the suckiest teams. Right, you got a whole lot of mediocrity built in there, and some good teams at the top. That's fine. Great point about the sucky teams. Texas A and M still is in the SEC. Very good point. I'm glad you brought that yeah. to everyone's attention. Texas A and M and Vanderbilt still in that conference. Yep. So I don't know. Oh. It's an argument they're having with themselves, I think. No one is doubting how good Georgia and Alabama are and Tennessee's off to a, a great start, 7-0. and 
Yeah, that, I think the argument you're you're having is with nobody. <laughs> but uh, thank you for the audio. Man clip. yells at cloud. Thank you. Was thank that the you. Simpsons thing? That the was man the yells at cloud. Thing? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, my early week feel is uh, OU thirty one, Iowa State thirty. Like it, love it, hate it. I hate it. Yeah, me too. Well, <laughs> I, no, I, really, no, I don't I, hate it. Oh, I hate it. I, I dislike it. I really hate it. 56 is the uh, over-under, by the way, in this game. So I guess I have the over-hitting, which I also hate. Yeah. You tried to pick it as close as possible with uh, that one-point spread there. Nice. Um, I my, my early week fill is 28-24 Oklahoma. Ooh, wow. Well, he didn't get – OU doesn't hit that 40, and he didn't come back saying that they're going to win the remaining uh, four games that they have left. You what know a bummer. What? That's probably – I don't think that's a good score prediction. Let's see. I actually believe it's – I think it's going to – we're going to kick three field goals and score three touchdowns. So, I got 30-24. 30-24. Hmm, that's a healthy cover. And everyone yeah. said I would take that right now in a heartbeat. 30-24. They, they would take my 31-30 in a heartbeat. Either one of those. Maybe 30-27, but I, I think that's where we're going to be. I just I, – I can't – I know everyone hates our defense, and that's fine. I get it. But I just don't see us giving up 40 points to Iowa State. I – Oh, famous last word. Yeah, right? I don't think anyone wants to hear you say that on Tuesday of game week against these guys. Because, I, I mean, I don't either. If but offense is healthy and Dylan Gabriel's out there, I mean, that's we're not going to give up that many points. Okay. I They do have the number one receiver in the country, receptions per game. Can see it now, throwing deep ball after deep ball to Xavier Hutchinson that's completed down the field. Right. I mean, clearly, I don't think that they're going to score 30 either. Or, excuse me, 40 either. I got them scoring exactly 30 points. But I'm not sitting here saying I'm not nervous about Iowa State having a huge offensive day. Of course I am. How could I not be? Right. I mean, the biggest totals we've given up this year when our quarterback wasn't in the game. And that is a factor. Your, your defense is not going to play well when your offense can't even get first downs. So, I'm. Um, I I don't know. I I know I'm I'm probably alone on the island here, but I don't think we give up forty to Iowa State. Uh, let's see if you are alone on the island. We gave up forty four to Kansas State at home after they just scored a whopping ten points against Tulane. Don't put anything past this pathetic defense. Yeah, I can see you standing on the island right now as we speak. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. We gave up 41 to to Kansas State. That's true. There's no denying that. Um, but it's not like Kansas State's offense is just pathetic. I mean, they didn't they didn't put up a bunch of points against Tulane, which by the way, Tulane is a really Top good 25. football team, yep. but yeah, and they've got one of the best defenses in the country, but uh, I don't need to try and compare anything to Tulane. Uh, Kansas State's got a good, solid offense. We made things easy on them a couple of times in that game, and we paid for it. But 
don't know. I, we went we went really long stretches in that game playing excellent defense against Kansas State. So, but the scary thing is okay. what that Iowa State has lost four games by a total of fourteen points, and it's just had mm-hmm. the feel here recently that they um, are on the verge of getting their first conference win. And God, yeah, hopefully it's not this Saturday against OU. But they're 0-4 in conference, but when you look at it a little bit more closely, you'll realize that they are not a god-awful football team. They have some very right. redeeming qualities about their team, including their wide receiver and their defense as a whole. There's some very good parts about this this football team. Right. Yep. No, I uh, I agree with that. Great point. Hey, great point, by the way, on the text line. Actually, Peter Burns is wrong. I would take TCU against Alabama. I would take TCU against Georgia. I would take TCU against Tennessee. You know why? Because TCU is going to find a way to knock out the opposing team's starting quarterback no matter who they play this (laughs) year. Right. Yep. Yeah. um, I don't know. I. I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave TCU for dead against any one of those teams: Georgia, Alabama, or Tennessee. Um, I may not pick them to win the game, but it doesn't mean that it's not a game worth playing. You know, I I think TCU is solid. I mean, their quarterback is is playing incredibly efficient right now. They've got a really good one-two punch. At the running back position, um, defensively, they've come around and started playing better than, than what was expected of them to start off the, the year. So, But don't forget, got, if TCU gets that opportunity in the Sugar Bowl, say against Alabama or Tennessee, and they beat them, it'll be, oh, you can't use bowl games. They didn't care anyway, but you can't use head-to-head bowl games to determine who the best team in the conference is. You can't use what actually happened on the field. you got to use our uh, SEC network host opinions to determine who the best conference is. So just remember that. It does not matter what happens during bowl season this year. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's true. That's true. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Extreme Outdoor Equipment today. I-44 exit 108 in Newcastle, just five minutes south of Will Rogers Airport. They've got, now through the end of December, buy any CF Moto, C-Force ATV, six months, no payments, six months, no interest, two years of factory warranty. They've got tons of selection here, different colors, different sizes. I, I think I even saw the 1,000 outside which is amazing. I bought my side-by-side from these guys. I got the U-Force 1000XL, and they've got three of those right now. Um, they go quick. They've got three in stock right now, and you get with those six months no interest and seven months until your first payment. You don't have to have a payment due until the spring here from Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. At Landers, we're proud to be part of something good, a community of people, the big thinkers and the dream seekers that all work hard to make this place we call home a little better, right in the heart of this great state, our great state. And during Ramp Hour Days, take...
There's Ted Roof talking a little Iowa State earlier this week. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to that momentarily. Uh, I heard a couple of Iowa State guys talking on a podcast today. I need to go back and uh, see which plays that they're referencing. But we remember Xavier Hutchinson's drop pass against Texas that kind of cost them the game. I guess in their past three games. I don't know if he's had one a play like that, but I guess the last three games he's had an opportunity to make a big play late in the game to win, Mm. and he hasn't taken advantage of it. So I don't know if you can chalk that up to, well, it feels like they're throwing it to him every single play, and he's like totally gassed by the end of the game. Right. But it is interesting, like a guy that's leading the country in receptions per game is – Hasn't come through in clutch time their, their past three games. It's kind of interesting. Well, he's going to be looking at Oklahoma as a get-right game, well, huh? And no Don't doubt about think? that, yes. Yeah, texts are already coming in. I don't even have to look at the text line. I'm sure that's exactly what they're saying. Did you hear – how much of the, uh, the coaches show – with Brent Venables from Rudy's last night, did you catch well, any of it? None, and I was waiting to ask you today, like, hey, what did Brent say, f- only for you to say, oh, not that much, and get no answer Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'll tell you something that's interesting. He went up to Iowa State and spent some time with them, uh, with the defensive coordinator, Heacock, uh, trying to learn the system that they run. Um, Venables, I think he said, did they win the national championship in 2018? 2016 and 2018, Clemson? yes. So in 2018, after they won the national championship, they had, I think they sent three defensive linemen. I think three of them were like top three, top two or three rounds in the NFL draft. And so the guys that they had behind, like they, they weren't going to be nearly as deep on the D-line. So they knew that they were going to have to change some things. They were deep at linebacker and in the secondary. Um, so they knew they had to change some things. And they went up there, learned that system, installed that scheme, and did really well with it, and they were the number one defense in 2019 after installing that system. And had a great chance so, to win a national championship in 2019. They just ran across a historically great team. They got to play a championship game in their own backyard. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they were they were really good that year. Yep. They, uh, they only gave up 10 points a game, only gave up 245 yards a game. Impressive stuff. So, I – yeah, I know everyone's frustrated with the um, with how the defenses looked, and they're frustrated with the three man front. But you know the the reality is um, that the best defenses in this conference right now they all run the three man front, right? So um, that's uh, that's what you're going to see, I guess. I guess what Baylor runs some four man front stuff, but. Iowa State, Kansas State, um, you know, Texas even. Like, that's that's what you're going to see. And, you know, his whole thing is, like, we got to be multiple. we got to be able to do both. Um, so that's that's kind of what you're going on. I, Iowa State defensively has, has really been the best in the country over 
you know, however many years since Hecox's taken over, best in the country at getting the most out of less. And they've done that in the Big 12, which typically has really good quarterback play, some really high-powered offenses, and year after year, Iowa State yeah. is churning out excellent defensive numbers. Yeah, I, I don't think they get enough credit for I, I think mo- the majority of their credit is given to their scheme and how well it's run. I don't think people give enough credit for how well they've uh, evaluated and developed defensive talent. I mean, they got, like, Will McDonald running out there, an All-American on Saturday. They've had some yeah. really, I mean, at all levels of the defense, man, they've had some really good players over the past seven years. They don't get enough credit for that, especially at Iowa State. No doubt. And, and that's the thing is, you know, whenever they were clicking along at their best here the last couple of years, um, you know, it's looked at as, you know, and Coach Venables was like, they get more out of less. And part of me is sitting there thinking, is like, I don't know, dude. Like the guys on that defense, the last like last year and the like the previous years before that, they had some absolute studs on that defense. Um, Mike Rose, who's like six four, two hundred fifty pounds. Their cheetah player was Mike Rose. Yep, at six four, two fifty. Great player. Yeah, he was their cheetah guy. So, um, like they had uh, Vance at inside backer. Um, Eisworth back at safety, like they had, they had numerous really good players. But you know, a lot of that is development, right? And that's what you're talking about is they've got talent in there, and, and they develop the heck out of those guys, and they play all the techniques required for that defense really well. You know, there's uh, there's certainly some games, and you know, I, I guess the OU offense there hasn't been a ton of these this year because they they've str- struggled outside the Kansas game. But there's you know there's some games where you know, if it's first down or if it's second and five, whatever, and you miss on a deep ball, it's like, dang, wish we would have had that, but that's all right. We'll have more opportunities with, with throws down the field. I'm not really all that concerned with it. Um, I'm not necessarily going to have that attitude on Saturday if they miss on a deep ball that the receiver has to step on because you're, mm-hmm. you're just not going to get eight to ten of those opportunities on Saturday, man. If, if, if Mims has to step on someone down the field – Gabriel's got to hit on it, man. Uh, th- this offense, you're going to get a few opportunities, I think, for big plays. You can't mess those up, dude. You- you've got to take advantage of the few opportunities that you're going to have for big plays, especially early on. Got to. You're telling me we've got to capitalize on opportunities? Yes. That's what you're saying? Yes, on the deep ball. Don't overthrow them. Mm. Hit on them. Excellent breakdown. Thank you. Excellent breakdown, Tyler. You're on you're on Keep top of your game this week. Keep it yeah. simple, man. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out today at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. I-44 exit 108 Newcastle. Can't miss us. Right here on the west side of the highway. Tons of great products here. They got the CF Moto side by sides. Uh they've got the ATVs. I drove around in the Z Force 950, which is their their high performance uh I don't know, like kind of racing model that you would you would call it. It was awesome, super fast, and uh, they all come with great deals, great warranties. Um, the ATV is six months, no payment, six months, no interest, and two years of factory warranty. Good stuff here at Extreme Outdoor Equipment. 